0: Welcome to the Swim Swim Breakdown. I'm Coleman Hodges coming to you once again from my mom's house in Columbia, Missouri. We are joined as always. Sorry, my dad's sitting across from me. He lives here too. <laughs> uh, joined as always by Swim Swim Editor in Chief Braden Keith from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Ben Dornan from Halifax, Nova Scotia, on his floor.
1: You'd be yeah. shocked at what percentage of swim swim reporting is done while sitting on the floor. I remember the first ISL meet in college park, they had nothing <laughs> and, and not that ISL has improved much since then, but the first season was real rough and I literally had to sit on the floor in the media room to do my work. So sometimes but, being
2: uncomfortable just like makes you want to focus on writing and you can just okay. get it done faster. <laughs> yeah. And
0: then you can forget about how uncomfortable you are. Just focus on work. This is this is how swim swim happens. All right. Let's talk about some news. Obviously, last week. The big story, the 2022 U.S. World Championship Trials. We are going to cover some maybe less covered or interesting storylines from that meet, <laughs> but we're going to start with the most covered storyline from that meet, and that is Hunter Armstrong. He made the Olympic team last year, but I would I would call this year maybe his true breakout, going a world record in the 50-back, 23-7. He also made the team in the 100-back, 52-2, and the 100 100- On the 400 free relay, he was 48, 25, tied for fourth. So just let's start with some wild speculation. What do you think his ceiling is for this summer at World Championships?
1: Well, it's funny because he kind of came from nowhere to make the Olympic team last year. I don't think anybody even came close to picking him um, to make the 100 back. And then it was clear in this college season that he was a changed swimmer after that, right? Like we all learned he's a very good sprinter, yada, yada, yada. Um, I personally was a little concerned because he didn't have a great NCAA championship meet and I was worried about what that meant for here, but um, I almost think that sort of validates his decision that he needs to be focusing on long course he needs to be focusing on the international meets everybody in his circle you talk to say it's like pulling teeth to get him to, to care about short course um, so he's got kind of that international mentality already. And, you know, it's, it's one of these things we see swimmers like this, right? Like, um, like a Bria Larson comes to mind, these swimmers that sort of break out once they get to college that, that weren't really on anybody's radar. Um, and they often sort of have this breakthrough, but they never quite get to that, like individual Olympic gold medal. There can be a ceiling on that there. Um, but for, for whatever reason, Hunter seems different, right? Like he's got the world record already in the 50 back. And as we see now, you can basically build a career off of 50 backstrokes if you want to, if you're, if you're smart about it, you can build a career just off of that. And his hundred back is still dropping like crazy. Um, So, you know, I think, I think the next 12 months is going to tell us a lot about where his career can go. You know, I don't think it'll be a slow roll towards Paris. I think he's going to go big his first year of turning pro or he's not. And that's probably going to be after that marginal improvements, um, but, you know, I, why can't he be a world champion or an Olympic champion in the hundred back? Um, you know, Ryan Murphy's on the tail end of his career. We don't know how focused the Russians are going to be um, with Kolesnikov and of Jenny Rylov, uh, especially with Rylov and all of his problems. He may never swim internationally again. We'll see. Um, but, you know, there's, there's, there's room for him there. There's nobody that's, obviously going to keep him out and his what do you go 52 20 at trials that would have missed a medal by 0.01 at the Olympics last year it was 0.01 slower than what Ryan won at the Olympics um, so I think his ceiling is is clearly Olympic gold but I think it's you know I think we're gonna know well before Paris what his ceiling is
2: yeah I think that I mean in terms of his ceiling this summer it's definitely two gold medals and' uh, or three gold medals I don't know if he gets on that four by hundred relay. Um, he obviously beat Murphy at trials. I expect Murphy will be faster in the summer. Four gold um, medals.
0: Five four gold medals? Six with mixed relays. I don't just
1: Oh
2: other. yeah, okay. So Hunter Armstrong will win 20 gold medals this summer. Um, <laughs> but in terms of individual events, obviously in the 50, he's going to be the favorite to win. There's now two people racing at the meet that have been under 24 seconds. Um, him and Justin Rask, because Kolesnikov
0: won't be there. Um, have we confirmed that Justin will be in a 50 back?
1: No, but the math says it should be him. We never yeah. know about these things until somebody pops up with a roster. Um, but the math says it should be him. Got it. Sorry. Side note. Go, go ahead, Ben.
2: And I think in terms of him going pro right now, I think it makes sense. Like as Braden said, you can build a career off of a, a 50 back choke and off of a world record. And I don't know if we've seen as many or any people build a career. In swimming off of only being good in the NCAA, all of the best NCAA athletes have had at least a bit of success. So I think that he's still in, his, in the early stages, obviously of his international career. And if he does want to build himself as a brand in swimming, it makes sense to do that starting off on the international side. Um, and I don't know if he just happened to, to do not as well as he could have this year in the NCAA, or if that indicates that he, he, before the NCAAs knew that he was going to be focusing on trials, we know that he, um, as you said, it was it was like pulling teeth to get him to focus on short course rather than long course. So I think that this is clearly something that has been on his mind and just hearing his interviews, like he loves the fact that he's on this team and that he's like around these guys. I think he seems to really enjoy like the community of, of being on a national team. I think him and Michael Andrew are really close and, he just seemed yeah. like he was having a great time um, last summer and he was just like overjoyed to like make the team this time. So yeah, I think it makes sense for him to focus on on long course cause he seems to love it. And, and I think that's how you, how you build a more successful career as, as a swimmer.
1: Hunter Armstrong and Michael Andrews bromance is my new favorite swimming bromance. You. <laughs> um, you know, the 50 back, I was looking through results from the 2019 world championships, Zane Waddle retired Evgeny Jenny Ryloff. Out of the meet. Clement Kolesnikov. out of the meet. Ryan Murphy, not in that event. Michael Andrew, not in that event. So the top five, at least, from the World Championships, in, in fifth place being Michael Andrew at 24-58, are all out. And, and they, are there any new names?
2: Like, there's no one else, really, that's, like, no, broken it, it, through it, as much as he has.
1: And there's none of these kind of, like, old guys that seem to hang around in the 50 strokes, like Andre Govarov or... The Brazilian guys, like there, there doesn't seem to be one of those in the backstroke. 24-4 won the world championship in 2019, um, which would have gotten what place at, at, at trials. It wouldn't have been high. Like fifth, uh, I think. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's a clear opportunity for a gold medal there. Robert Glinta is still hanging around. Zhu Jiayu from China, although they may or may not ever have a trials meet. Um So like, yeah, there's a clear pathway for him to win at least one individual gold medal this summer in a non-Olympic event, at least. Yeah.
0: So on that note, I'm going to jump topics a little bit. Um, We saw a lot of really fast 50s at U.S. trials, right? U.S. Open records, obviously Hunter's world record. Reagan broke a U.S. Open record in the 100 back. It seems like our hundreds and 50s, our speed is really there as a country, um, but then you go up to the 200s and 400s and we're well off American records. We're, we're well off what it takes traditionally to be competitive, um, for medals internationally. Um, and obviously world record paces as well. Um, so I'm curious as to, if you guys have theories on why that might be, do you think that's just because it is a trials and, and. our our athletes are going to perform better on their second rest at world champs. Or do you think that people are just kind of more focused on speed right now as, as a country?
1: These things always go in cycles, right? Like probably eight years ago, I wrote an article about why the United States is terrible at stroke fifties. And it's, it's because American club coaches, youth club coaches believe that the races in order of nobility start at the 1500 free and work down there by, from there by distance, right? Like 50 stroke swimmers are air quotes, summer leaguers. Um, And everyone read that
0: article and started training their swimmers for 50s.
1: (laughs) So, I mean, it may, you know, I could see a lot of things. I could see it being the influence of the ISL. Um, I could Mm. see it being more specificity and training more, You know, not everybody's going Michael Andrew, but I think it's clear that versus 10 years ago, there's a lot more race pace training in American swimming than there used to be. Um, I think it could be swimmers just swimming it. like Reagan Smith is the kind of swimmer who I think five or six years ago would have not done the 50 back. I think she would have done the, just done the hundred, 200 back and focused on the Olympic races. Like we usually see swimmers of that caliber do, Um, so I, I, my sense is that it's just sort of a cultural shift in USA swimming with various motivators to that.
2: Yeah. I think that you mentioned this a few months ago on the podcast about Thomas Heilman, about how there's kind of a seemingly a trend of, of the young swimmers just being able to pop in a lot of different events. And I think we're seeing that kind of in two areas, a lot of young swimmers doing that and now on the national team, I mentioned this during trials that there's just swimmers kind of swimming what they like. You, you have Kate Douglas in the sprint freeze and the flies and in the 200 breast and then uh, uh, krizan Husky walsh just a, a lot of people swimming like three, three or four events and kind of just swimming what they like. And I think that as, as you do that, it's a lot easier to do that and kind of add a 50 here add a hundred there um, than it is to add another 200. So I don't know if that's we're seeing it in, in two different places at the high level and at the younger level, people swimming more events than they did in the past. Um, and that's not successful for everyone, of course, but it's been successful for a few people. So the more events you add, the less likely it is that you'll add a two and a four um, to your roster of events than it is that you do go for that 50. Like you said, like Reagan going for that fifty. And,
1: yeah. And, Cause a lot of the, a lot of those mid distance swimmers drop their races, like, right. Like the 400 IM three of the top five women maybe dropped the race Carson Foster dropped the 400 free. So some of it's just event choice. Um, you know, I, I think it's, how do I say this? It's, it's interesting because, um, you know, historically to be really good at those fifties, we've been seeing a trend of like specificity towards the fifties, right? Like you don't need to work on turns. You just work on starts, one underwater and absolutely the rawest of power. Um, but you know, we're getting, we, we talk about this a lot. We're getting better athletes in swimming and that to me lends itself to better fifties. Um, I don't think this is any kind of a lingering hangover from COVID, which I know a lot of people might think that, but this was a problem. The, the lack of middle distance and distance swimmers was a problem going into COVID. And I, I think those races are on the upswing too. I think team USA in general, it sounds weird to say, because we we keep winning the medals tables, but we know on a historical comparison, like Tokyo wasn't as good as we've done. So I think we're just, we're getting better at everything. Um, so some of it might just be, we're getting better at the fifties and the two hundreds and the four hundreds, we were just further behind in the four some of the two hundreds and four hundreds when we started this trend.
0: So I have a, I have a question it Let's stick to 200s for this one. <clears throat> Men and women combined. What do you think the most likely American record in a 200 event to fall at world champs will be? I'll give you a quick rundown. So, on the women's side, American records 200 free, Allison Schmidt, 153.6, 200 back, Reagan Smith, 203.3, 200 breast, Rebecca Sony, 219.5, uh, De- 200 fly, Mary Dicenza, two Oh four one. And two hundred IM Ariana Kukors 2061. Let's let's stick with women first. I think two hundred breast. For uh, yeah, I'd have nineteen to, five.
1: Yeah, I'd have to say two hundred breast, but like I don't think it's likely. I yeah. I would bet a lot of money on none of those going down.
0: I feel like I feel like Alex Walsh has potential in the two IM. Um, she she popped a really a really good swim at trials. Yeah uh fourth on the fourth taper. I think she talks about this in her interview after the tuner I am. her and Todd have kind of figured out how how her taper works. And so again, I, I do not think it's super likely, but I do think I, w- I would put my money there. Um, on the men's side, 200 free Michael Phelps 1429. tuned back one, Aaron Pearsall 1519, tuner breast Josh Prino 2071. 200 fly, Michael Phelps 151.5, 1, 200 IM Ryan Lochte 154.0. <laughs> uh, uh, sink, I... sink, sink, sink,
1: sink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think you're making your point, which is probably not. Um, you know, the 200 breast seems to me like the softest of those records, just with where we've seen the world go. Although that Preno swim was a really good swim. Um, it was just six years ago now, and it feels like, it, like somebody should have been there again, and, and the guys we have in it aren't anywhere close to it. Um, yeah, I think they're
0: barely cracking 207 yeah, at their best. I,
1: yeah, I mean, none of them are going 142 in the 200 free. I, I guess it's got to be the 200 back if I had to pick one, but not for, like, any good reason. It just, like, it seems the least likely to – be a not a chance
0: yeah i mean yeah luca would have to drop two seconds from his best that he went three years ago uh i mean it's yeah it seems like murphy i, said to back. I know i know i'm just i'm yeah, thinking through the yeah. other ones yeah like 200 i am no
1: yeah. <laughs> i mean uh, i could be casas right like he could he could just be have, waiting to get into the right environment with the right coaches and the right lack of distractions to to go wild because we know he's like a generational kind of talent that feels like he hasn't quite figured it out yet. So he could be the Ariana Cougars go from trials to worlds and drop five seconds in a two hundred.
2: What is Casa swimming? The two hundred back I know, but back. what else? That's
0: it. I I feel like they could use uh, yes. Yeah, individually. individually, yes. I think there's a chance
1: we'll see him on, on a mixed medley if somebody decides they don't want the extra swim.
0: Um, I feel like we could also maybe see him in a prelims of a four by one or four by two free. Yeah, well. maybe. We have
1: gotten in trouble with those kind of games before That's um true. at world championships, but you know, with no Russia and with so many countries ostensibly going to be short handed, maybe yeah. we could take that.
0: So speaking. Can't, can't or did he? No, he did not swim the yeah. 100 free. But I mean, I think he's good for a 48 on a swing, uh, yeah. at least I would say. Um, so let's talk about some, some individual lineups. Claire Curzan and Tori Husk have very similar lineups. They're both swimming 100 fly, 100 free, probably 50 fly uh, if Tori decides to do it. And then Claire has 100 back. Uh, Husk has 50 free, so they, they've got monster schedules, including relays heading into this. Uh, and it's really interesting because they both kind of popped off last summer, making both making that Olympic team in the hundred fly. Uh, but then they've had very different years, this post Olympic years with Claire being at her club team that she's grown up in, uh, and Tori going off to Stanford and it being her first year. Of college, how do you think this? You know, th- these two very different years, but similar similar schedules are going to play out when we get down to Budapest.
1: You know, it's it's interesting because they're going to be teammates at Stanford next year. But for the time being, Tori will have her coach Greg Mian with her, and Claire will not have her coach uh, Bruce Marchianda with her. Mariconda Marchianda. Did I say it wrong? I probably I think said it's it.
0: Markianda.
1: Markianda. Okay. Bruce, Coach B. Um, So, you know, from that perspective, we'd like to think maybe Tori's got a better shot. Tori held on better for the Olympics last year than Claire did. Uh, But Claire was very young at those Olympics. We have to remember just how young she was. Um, And I think she's probably grown up a lot since then, Um, worked on her mental game a lot, probably had to work on her mental game a lot. And I think that showed in her results because we've seen Claire swim so well in her home pool where she's comfortable. um, And and now we saw her. Obviously, Greensboro is not far from home for her. I Um, forgot about that, but it's basically a home pool. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's it's not far, but okay. so maybe my point doesn't doesn't hold at all. But, you know. Um, I, I would guess that Claire has been working on those kind of things, uh, since the Olympic games has a better idea of what she has to do going into this. Um, the trap for her could be getting in there with Reagan and Tori and her future college teammates and accidentally feeling like this is the start of her college career and layering like an extra level of stress on top of it. Um, so I, you know, I think if she can avoid that and if the, the coaches on the staff there do their job. Um, they should both have great meets, right? Like we've seen Tori hold on from, from trials to the games. uh, And Claire has been able to build her entire season around this. Um, So I think I see no reason why they both shouldn't succeed. Um, I I'm a little worried that they've both taken on too big of a schedule. That's my primary concern for both of them. I think, especially Claire and that hundred back.
2: Cause I think that they'll almost be doubling how many swims they have, how many like actual races they have in terms of adding semifinals and relays. I mean, there's, they'll, they'll both be on all of the relays. They can be like, there's no reason to take off the 50 freestyle champion and the one, two and the uh, 100 and 100 butterfly and 100 freestyle. Like they're going to have to be on all the finals relays and have 12 individual races each. So
1: Although what's, what's interesting here is with the way this roster is constructed, if, if either of them is not having a good meet, there are a lot of options to replace them in those relays later in the meet. Like Catherine yeah. Burkoff in the, the 100 back, Reagan Smith in the 100 fly. There's just all kind of Ryan White in the 100 back. Like there's all kind of sort of extra swimmers floating around on this relay to take those spots if they need to, if either of them is off. Or a um, or
0: kind of, an, th- that made me think about the individuals, right? And I think this specific one wouldn't come up because I think it's earlier in the meet. But like, if if Claire is is feels overwhelmed or whatever, doesn't want to swim the hundred back individually, like could Ryan or Catherine take her place?
1: Yeah, we we learned last year you can apparently change your lineups as long as you leave the same swimmers. You can move their events around pretty quick up until the end because this was. What if um, what's her face from Canada had Sydney Pickram had scratched the two hundred breast a couple of days earlier or something? Then somebody else could have slid into her spot. I I think that's where we wrote about it. But I think um, Bailey Anderson
2: maybe or yeah, Bailey or Tessa one of them.
1: I was surprised yeah. to learn how, how late you can actually change your lineup as long as it's the same swimmers. So I think that's within the realm of reason. It seems like a, a weird thing to do, but I th- think it could happen.
0: I mean, yeah, I'm also interested again, in that 50 fly, like if Tori will take the second spot or if, you know, someone else will get it or if we'll do a very team USA thing and just enter one person, because we do that sometimes. And I don't know why, (laughs) um, okay. Moving on to, Ooh, another 200 type topic, Claire Weinstein, who's uh, barely 14, right? like just turned 14 this in 2022 made the individual 200 freestyle um, her first international team. She's part of the just crazy uh, sandpipers of Nevada contingent. Um, And Braden, you brought this up in an article you wrote today that, you know, she came from um, a club team in New York who has produced very high level um, young talent before, namely Kate Douglas And I mean, and Claire has been on our radar. We've been reporting about her for years now because that's the kind of swimmer she has been from age 10 and up. Um, So it kind of raises the question of like, should there be more programs that are kind of focusing on developing high-end talent at a younger age instead of club teams, especially USA club teams, just more focusing on um, the, the top end high school, college type athletes.
1: A lot of it is mentality for these coaches. You know, we hear all around, oh, well, they were trained by so-and-so. And and then when they got got good, they went to local mega club. Local mega club poached away all of our good swimmers. And it's like this very adversarial thing because for better or for worse, the perception is that the coach that gets them on the team, the coach that um, sort of takes them the last mile gets the credit, uh, whether they should or not. And the difference with Carly Ann, who is um, the coach of the Westchester Aquatic Club in New York, is like she she knows what she's good at. She knows where she lives in the swimming ecosystem. And she trains these swimmers um, until they're good and then sends them off to a program with more high-level high school athletes for them to train with and compete with and whatever. Uh, Often the Badger Aquatic Club, um, which is a pretty well-known club in the area. And she's okay with that. Like she seems to be perfectly content just training some of the best 11 to 14 year olds in the area and sending them off to do something else when they get to high school. And, and I don't know why that's not more of a natural, I do know why that's not more of a natural progression. And the answer is probably ego, a lot of ego, but I think it's good for swimming to have people like her around. Obviously it's good for swimming because of how her swimmers are turning out and impacting the national team and the Olympic team. Um, So the question is how do we motivate coaches differently and ego is one thing. So that's recognition and money is the other thing. Um, There's more money to be made coaching the swimmers who make the world's teams and the Olympic teams and the high school state champions and all that stuff. Um, So, you know, you, you, I feel like we have a role in this. We can do more to recognize their younger coaches I feel like the coaches have a role in this, you know, they need to make it easier to do, right? Like we have no idea who most of these swimmers coaches were from 11 to 14 and trying to figure it out takes us a week. So, you know, in some regards, they need to do a better job of, I you know, I, I don't want to invite the emails of what about, what about, what about that we already get a lot of. Um, you know, there's a way to do it without kind of being whiny about it, but just make that information available. Have the swimmers shout out their youth coaches when they have success. Um, there can be more, more formal recognition programs. You know, I guess there's, there's some programs where if you put a swimmer on the Olympic team, they can give bonuses to ex-coaches. I don't know if they still do that, um, but they can go back to their younger age group coaches. And I think more programs like that they can find money for those kind of things that can help close the gap. You know, um, Mike, Mike from uh, nitro always said, you can put a lot more age group swimmers in a lane than you can high school swimmers. You can put 10 age group swimmers in a lane. By the time they get to high school, they want four to a lane. By the time they get to college, they want two to a lane and the Olympians all want their own lanes. So there's, you know, again, if you have the right mindset, you have the right mentality, you can make a lot of money just coaching the best age groupers, right? Like everybody in your local area knows where those kids came from. you like, you can build your reputation in the local area. And if you drop your ego, you can have a relationship with those high school coaches and have the high school coaches push, push the age groupers to your team and then just send them the old kids that they want when they get to high school and everybody's happy. Everybody wins. You stuff your lanes with eight swimmers and bring in twice as much revenue. Like it seems like an obvious thing, but it it takes a lot of sort of setting of setting aside of egos to make it happen.
0: Sure, yeah, it takes one thing <laughs> that ironically coaches might not be good at, which is teamwork. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I love that point that you brought up in that article, and you know maybe maybe now with Kate on the national team and a huge part of that and Claire. Kind of just having moved to the Sandpipers and being another great example of that, we can see a shift. You wrote the article about it, and we'll look back in eight years and say, "Wow, we you you changed this, Braden Keith?"
1: <laughs> Changing lives, You're on The From Swain podcast.
0: Okay, we're going to end our normal section with some more wild speculation. Uh, it's it's a weird summer schedule, as we all know. We just had tri- our trials in April, which has probably never happened or very rarely. We're having world champs mid-June, and then we have a crap ton of other meets this summer in late July and August, including Commonwealth Games, European Champs, and U.S. Nationals uh, in Irvine. So I'm curious as to what you guys predict will the rest of the summer look like for Team USA? Do you see a lot of the world swimmers going to the Pro Swim in Mission Viejo? Do you see a lot of them going to the US Nationals?
1: I've been talking to some of the swimmers on the team, and none of them have sort of set their plans 100% yet. But I do, the sense I get is that most of them, even the ones based in other parts of California, are not really planning on that Pro Swim. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some kind of little long course invite pop up and Virginia or you know somewhere that's easy to get to for a lot of these swimmers just kind of one more long course race for the collegians um, who are coming out and I'm sure Sandpiper will come up with somewhat something and we'll see I think we'll see everybody race long course one more time but that's part of what makes this different right like the timing was tough enough as it was but then worlds got moved on top of everything else so now we've got this kind of extra month uh before for the world championships. That is not how we usually do this in the U.S. Um, so coaches are going to have to get a little creative. They're going to have to, they're going to have to take a chance on some things that they're not used to doing with these sort of um, tapers. You know, this is a long taper even by a, a college schedule. So it's not something that I think a lot of the coaches will be comfortable with. I think U.S. Nationals is going to be a fast meet Um between the swimmers coming out of the college season that we just saw skip trials altogether. And I think we'll see swimmers coming back from worlds doing it um, just maybe for want of something better to do with, with the end of the summer, Um, you know, just as a long course meet and to make their sponsors happy and all that stuff. So I think us nationals has the potential to be a super fast meet. And I, I would almost guarantee that we will see, multiple swims at U S nationals that would have medaled at the world championships. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw four or five swims that fall into that category.
0: I also heard a rumor at trials that the U S nationals and Irvine will be the selection meet. Didn't know if it was the primary selection meet or just a selection meet for the duel in the pool in Australia later that month, um, which I would love it if that was the primary selection meet, because it would just make it, all kinds of interesting and force a lot of the you know if the world's people like if you want to go to duel in the pool, you got to go to this meet.
1: And duel in the pool is something that's like super unimportant competitively, but commercially, it has the potential to be very important. And so, like that's again, like we see some swimmers who seem to not really care about the commercial, um, like Katie Ledecky, and we see other swimmers who are all in on the commercial side of it. So that, that creates another dichotomy. Having two selection meets in one summer is great for our business because our readers love selection meets. The more that's on the line, the better, the more they can argue about. So I would love to see that.
2: Yeah, I I have been very skeptical about the duel in the pool because in the very first press conference that Australia did, they, I think, I don't know if we talked about this last week, but they teased a bunch of the... the the duels that are going to happen. And they mentioned Dressel and they mentioned Ledecki. and of all of the swimmers that have the potential to go, I feel like Ledecki and Dressel are some of the people that are the least likely to actually go to Australia right at the end of this trials in April. And then this long stretch to June and then world championships in Europe. Like, like, are we going to see a lot of the actual like people that are being teased and the people that would be at the draw for this duel in the pool actually go to Australia for this throwaway meet? Throw away for them. Exciting for us, but
1: Ben, you're you're a law student and you're thinking like a lawyer. You can't let facts get in the way of a good story.
2: <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> a good story is Titmus versus Ladecki and Dressel versus Chalmers. Like that's the yeah. story. I
2: get why they, I get why they did it. I know that why they're doing it. And I also know that money is involved. Like they're they're gonna be, I don't know how much they're gonna get paid. I don't know how how all that works out, but but it will be an opportunity to get paid to go to australia from the event itself or from sponsors or whatever so. in with no
1: isl yeah yeah that's, that's what true. i was thinking something to yeah. do yeah. when but, were the
2: duels in the pool is back in like 2014 2015 like when did they take place
0: the last one that happened was uh, december of 2015 in indianapolis okay um, i only know that because i was there but i don't remember i think the other ones were just kind of like it, it, i don't know if the, i don't think there was a consistent schedule
2: it just feels like it's not a good time to have a duel in the pool, like at the end of the summer. It, um, it
0: just—I don't, well, don't. Australia get the... feels like it's a great time. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's mostly just—it's just a hype meet. Twenty eleven was in December. Two thousand nine was in December. It seems like December oh, was when they do it. Yeah, twenty thirteen was. Which in would December. make
0: sense, right? Because it's like that's—I know of, that's well, when the ISL final is. Meets, those were
1: the European. Okay. Meets. So 2007 against Australia was in April, 2005 was in August. That was the end of the summer. Mm. 2003 was in April. Interesting. But remember, so 2003 would have been a year we didn't choose the team for Worlds that year. Mm -hmm. So they needed something to do. Um, 2007 would have been the same way, right? Mm -hmm. And those were the two that were in April.
0: Like that was when world champs was in march i think in australia <laughs> if i'm not mistaken. uh they were there in sydney that was weird too let yeah. have good memories i can't imagine remembering <laughs> well, where that meet was. When
1: we're much older than you yeah, yeah that was
0: also like the world champs were phelps like you know won eight golds i think or yeah. seven you know something yeah. stupid um so okay so yeah it's gonna be an interesting summer Uh, that's our, that's our normal talk for the session. Now it's time to play a little sink or swim. First up today on Sink or Swim, Katie Ledecky is swimming four individual events at her fifth World Championships: two, four, eight, and fifteen hundred freestyle. If she wins four more individual gold medals, she will tie Michael Phelps for the most individual world titles in history. Sink or Swim, Katie Ledecky sweeps the individuals,
1: tie Phelps' record. This is a good question because I think. Based on what we've seen, 800, 1,500 are a runaway. Um, 400 is, I feel good with no titmus. Um, there's some young swimmers, Li Bingji from China and some are McIntosh from Canada, for example, who could, who could put some pressure on her in the 400. What's interesting is that at all these meets where she keeps swimming these you know, her best 800 free since 2018 or her best in season, 800 free, her, her shorter races haven't been as impressive. The 200 and the 400 haven't been as impressive. And what we don't know yet is whether or not that's indicative that, um, Nesty isn't giving her what she needs for her speed or, you know, we're so used to Katie Ledecky swimming fast in season for over the last few years, maybe this is more of just a return to sort of a normal peak and taper cycle for her. Um, And, and that is tantalizing, right? Like if she's going eight Oh nine without a full taper, all of a sudden these world records that we thought might be done for Ledecky are back on the table. Um, But like, how can you look at her times in the 200 in the 800, 400 and 200 from trials, compare them to her best times and like know what to conclude from that, right? Like we don't, we don't know yet what to make of her speed. Is her speed going to come around when she gets a couple more weeks of rest? Or is she just settling into a point where she's going to go 808, 807s in the, the 800, beat everybody by 20 seconds in the 1500 and, you know, try to get a couple minor medals in the shorter races and sort of seed those to swimmers like Ariana Titmus. Um, so I think she's gonna be better in those shorter races. I tend to think that maybe a Shaban Hai uh, is still the favorite in the 200 free. there's some there's some other swimmers in that 200 free field um, that make me nervous enough uh, that I think she probably will not get the sweep.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think I'm sinking it just because of the 200. I think that there's people, getting close in the 400, but especially even some McIntosh, like we don't even know what she's going to swim. She's, she could do the 4im, the 2fly, the 4free, the 2free, the 800. So I think if if we knew that McIntosh was focusing on the 400 and maybe the 2 and the 4, then then I could see her pushing towards like a 357 maybe, but I don't see her with with the uncertainty around her events getting getting to the decky status in the 400. So I think Sinking the 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 four eight and fifteen for the decky, but but sinking sorry swimming the four eight and fifteen for the decky, but sinking the overall sweep.
0: the decky is not going to win one individual. <laughs> the <Katie> deckie <laughs> wins enough. <them laughs> no, I mean uh, what's
1: so what's her order? Four hundred is day one of the meet. Two hundred is day three of the meet. Eight hundred is day six to seven of the meet. Fifteen hundred is Oh, the 1500 final overlaps with the 200 semifinal. That's interesting. Um, that's,
0: that's that's pretty good for her, though, because that means yeah. she can swim the final of the 200 free and like have a day off.
1: Yeah, and the 800 free relay, she's got nothing else on that day. Yeah, the schedule does line up pretty, pretty cleanly for her, I think.
0: Man, Yeah. It's really hard to swim it. I want to swim it just on blind faith, but just the 200 is really tricky. I think if she can be 154 mid, then she has a really good chance. And she was 55 one at trials. So I think it's like Braden said, I'll swim it just because why not? But I think like Braden said, it's, we're going to see a lot at this world champs about how the training is going with Nesty. And if she's just kind of hitting those, um, time plateaus, or if she's got a lot more speed in the tank come another taper with the Florida crew. Next up, Katie Ledecky's training partner at Florida, Caleb Dressel. I don't know. Training partner might be a strong. How many, one. How
1: many workouts did we think <laughs> Caleb and Katie do together?
0: Uh, well, at least one, the one, the one I filmed, they were doing it together. They just, but it was, it was that just for workout. your benefit. <laughs> probably it was a power workout. So like they weren't doing the exact same workout, but they were both like doing tower work on the towers. Um, But then also Katie did like 31 hundreds afterwards. That was also the day where like Katie did the 15, 100s with Robert, with Bobby Fink and Caleb and Natalie Hines, like did 25 son chords and then got out. So <laughs> training partner, maybe a strong word, but <laughs> Uh, sink or swim, Caleb Dressel breaks a world record this summer,
1: individually. I'm going to sink it. Um, it. It's clear he's not he's not peak Dressel right now. I think the 50 free at the end was a pleasant surprise. It sounded like it was a pleasant surprise for him. Certainly a pleasant surprise for me. I was a little surprised that his 50 fly wasn't faster. He was uh, 22.84. Uh, which is about half a second away from his best. So given what his 50 free was, given his 50.01 and prelims of 100 fly, I would have thought that his 50 fly would be faster. Um, And so like to me, if there's a race where he's in a position to break a world record this summer, it's that 50 fly. But after seeing his 50 fly in trials, I don't really feel that good about that. So I'm going to sink a world record this summer for Dressel. I'm going to swim in it because individual world record to clarify. I think the U S might get the medley.
2: Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to swim it. I feel like. Yeah. That, that 50, I I wasn't, I probably, if we didn't see that 50 free at the very end, I I wouldn't have swum this, but I think that he was just so excited after that. And I I wasn't sure how excited he was at the meet overall, but just seeing that excitement in him, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like we always know that Dressel isn't, at his best in season, like a re- relative to other people who kind of get closer to their best in season. And I think even though trials was early this year and it was, um, it was weird to see trials in April. It seems like there's a bit more time now, like two full months or a month and a half basically until they have to be there. So I feel like he has the time to get more good training in and like kind of use that excitement from the 53 that that he was clearly so excited about. That's not a celebration we see a lot from Dressel and so, yeah, I, I think I'm sinking it just because world championships. You're
0: swimming, it. You're swimming
2: it. Sorry,
1: those I, two I, words I, yeah. are
2: too similar. I'm swimming. Uh. <laughs> I'm pro. Yes. Which event? Hundred fly. Because it's his world record.
1: Yeah, but it's it late is. in a in a crowded schedule, and it's on a double with the fifty free. Yeah.
2: Sink or swim that he ever gets either 50 or 100 in his career. <laughs> free? Free.
0: So I'm swimming both because I, I think he can break. I think he'll break the 50 world record this summer. 50 free world record this summer. I know it's coming off of that 100 fly double. However, if, if he's 21-2 right now, maybe maybe he just in his taper, his speed was there and maybe he won't even go faster, but he's he's like three tenths away from the world record now so i think with a little more work a little more nesty
1: time uh for them to kind of figure each other out i i see it you heard it here first on the podcast all it takes to drop three tenths and you're 50 free is a little more work (laughs) just that easy the 50 fly is his first race so i still think the 50 fly is the one he gets if he gets anything
0: what's the world record in that
1: 22 2. And he's been 22
0: 3. He, uh, it always takes him time to get into meets. He always gets better as the meet goes on.
1: Well, that's because Greg Troy never rests his swimmers enough because he's always on a three year taper cycle. But now he's training with Anthony Nesty.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. Last up on sink or swim. We saw a lot of very impressive youngsters last week at trials, one of which, we talk about a lot here at swim swim, which is Thomas Heilman, uh, because he breaks a lot of national age group records. Um, he had a great meet it. He went a lot of best times. Um, people might not have paid attention to that as much cause he didn't make the world's team, but he was on fire as he has been for the last couple of years. So sink or swim Thomas Heilman makes his first international or sorry, first major world's team next year.
1: I, well, we don't know. We don't know what next year really looks like. So that makes me a little anxious to say this, but I am going to swim it. Um, I think, I honestly think it could be the 800 free relay, um, not an individual event. So I think he's got a better shot at making a relay, maybe a 400 free relay. I think there's a chance that we see like three high school men on the 400 free relay next year. Um, with him and Kai Winkler and somebody else who I'm probably forgetting. Um, his best individual shot remains the hundred fly be, just because things get pretty thin there after Caleb. Um, Michael Andrew was 50.8 at trials and I could see Thomas Heilman being 50.8 at this point next year. Um, I uh, I think Daniel Deal might make the team first though. I think Daniel Deal may be in the 200 back uh, is the easier pathway, his, his peer, his age peer. So that I'm going to really see really of them.
0: Did
2: Heilman yeah. make B finals this year? I hate to admit that I didn't really pay that close attention to, to how he actually did at trials.
1: Yes, he was Either. 10th in the 200 fly. He was uh, 11th in the 50 fly. He was 13th in the 100 fly.
2: I'm going to sink it. Sink, which means no, not swim. Um, I don't know. I just don't see the events that he's he's good in. I don't see a lot of turnover in terms of like people leaving. In, in, in contrast to some of the other events, like the women's two hundred free, where where a bunch of I know that it's a women's event, but where people kind of left after um, after Tokyo, like Alison Schmidt and Katie McLaughlin. I don't see a lot of spots where he could come in as the replacement to someone who's gone. Like he's going to have to work to actually replace people who are currently in the top two. Um, So I agree that the relays are definitely his best shot, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening for him next summer, but maybe the next summer after Paris and then definitely in the future, like he has the momentum right now to get there, but I think next summer is just a year too early.
1: He's still very much at that age though, where he can do something stupid and drop three or four seconds in a 200 in one year for no good reason. Um, and Trent and Julian going into his pro year. I'm I'm going to be curious to see if he goes and trains with his dad, and how that impacts him positively or negatively. Um, but if that hurts him being out of the Cal Pro group, that opens up a spot in the 200 fly, which has surprisingly become Heilman's best event. And I could see him getting to a 154 high by next year in the 200 fly.
0: I'm swimming it for one reason only, and that's because there's like four world championships happening next year. <laughs> Maybe we'll just send an 18-under team to. (laughs) So I think if we send teams to all those meets, it's gonna, the rosters are gonna get weird at some point. How the heck are we gonna select for that? (laughs) That'll 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 be a really interesting year. (laughs) All right, that's our show. This is Swim Swim Breakdown. Tune in every week for your week's news in swimming.